Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Hey, what's up, everyone? How are you? Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks. Hi, hi. So exciting news. We're getting some, what do we call it? Advertising, not, right? Not products. Not products. <laughs> uh, but we are going to get some advertising. And in order to help us out, it would be awesome if you could click the link uh, in the description of this episode. Fill out a little survey so we know what we so we know what you want, uh, so the advertisements uh, can actually be worthwhile and not drive you completely insane. And the information is confidential. We don't take emails or names or anything. You're not going to get on any kind of weird list or anything like that. Yep. It just helps us out. Awesome. Thank you all so much. Hail yourselves and enjoy this episode. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, joined by Marcus Parks. What the hell are you doing? I am uh, <laughs> looking over the papers here. I, uh, my grandmother died, Marcus. Give me a chance. I'm bereaved. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My deepest condolences. Thank you very much. My grandmother, very politically active in her time. Was she? She was a liberal in a very conservative Minnesota. Oh. And she fought the good fight, and she got her master's degree when everyone said, women aren't masters. The men are masters. And she said, I will have my master's degree. So she was a fighter. So if you got your grandparents out there, give a high hello. Give hi, a hello. phone call. Send them a text. They won't know how to read it, uh, <laughs> nor will they be able to receive it, because most likely they have a brick phone, or as my grandma had, a landline, which she disabled the voicemail for. Uh, because she, I asked her, I finally got a hold of her a couple of months ago. That was the last time I talked to her, and I was like, I can never leave you voicemails. She said they were annoying. So <laughs> I've uh, spoken to everybody I need to speak to. Yeah, well, I, I can hear you, but you can't hear me yelling back at you. So what's the point of a voicemail? But let them know you love them and say hello because you know what they are the past and they are living history absolutely which is why when i went to go visit my oma in uruguay because of the weather <laughs> that is why they moved over there that's why she is there because uh-huh. it's beautiful i'm sure it is even in the winter uh-huh. it's the summer <laughs> I recorded our conversation, and as a matter of fact, I secretly recorded our conversation. Uh, but, oh. you know, who cares? Uh, I got eight, hour to, eight hours of unbelievable content just going back to World War II, specifically from the German perspective. Yeah. It was – it's fascinating. You I know, you imagine. Just, you just don't hear those stories too much. So maybe at some point I will edit those together, a.k.a. pay someone who knows how to edit things <laughs> and put that together, and uh, we can listen to that living history 
uh, all as one big happy family. All right, we got a bunch of stuff to get to today. So the Michael Cohen raid that happened last week, we found out they were looking to investigate on the Entertainment Tonight tapes. Of course, that's the uh, known as Billy Bush Weekend. Billy Bush, by the way, really bore the brunt of all of the fallout because one person became president and then the other guy was fired from everything. You can't feel that bad. He is a Bush and he is Billy Bush and Mm -hmm. he should have obviously stood up and said the right thing and uh, been more of a a perfect gentleman. Of course, he went as far as offering the tic-tac and it was really disgusting and that tape it really validated what some women thought men were talking about. And I have to tell you, as a man, and I have a lot of male friends, that is extremely beyond the pale. Like, not, yeah. We don't talk uh, about that kind of stuff in that kind of way. As a matter of fact, if you want to know the most disgusting things we talk about, listen to Roundtable of Gentlemen <laughs> right here on the last podcast network. Uh, so uh, the raid that occurred... Michael Cohen's offices, his apartment, uh, his hotel. I mean, they went all in here. Sean Hannity on Fox News, of course, called it an attack on the president. But little did we know until yesterday when there was a hearing to see if uh, the Trump's attorneys could sort of stop uh, some uh, lawyers from looking at the documents. Trump basically wanted first look mm-hmm. on the documents. The, the judge said no to that, so they did lose. And as a matter of fact, uh, the judge is going to most likely appoint a special lawyer, another sort of special counsel type uh, an independent investigator to look over the documents that were uncovered uh, by the FBI. But as we learned yesterday as well, Sean Hannity was the mystery third client. <laughs> I mean, this is like straight up. This is like guess who? It is such. <laughs> this is such so, a 10 a.m. Sunday morning game show. Yeah, with, it, it, with uh, nuclear consequences. <laughs> Yeah, this it's the the stories just keep getting weirder and weirder, and and the the world. And that's the other th- funny thing too is that the the conservative world, or at least Trump world, just yeah. it keeps getting smaller and smaller. Oh, it does. And of course, you know they purged any kind of rational Republicans out of Trump world, which is why Fox News hired Laura Ingram, for example. I mean. She's about as, you know, she's she is drinking the Flavor-Aid, to say the <laughs> least. She's got tooth decay as she's slamming so much Flavor-Aid when it comes to Donald Trump. So you're right, the 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 circle of trust to steal a term from the Fockers is definitely getting smaller and smaller and smaller around uh, Donald Trump. And uh, we'll continue to see that circle of trust get smaller and smaller and smaller as more people are purged. We're on to around three now of individuals who he's surrounding himself with folks like john bolton an extreme war hawk of course now in charge of security uh possibly one of the people in his ears that's encouraging him to do the syrian attacks that we saw last week of course he also has mike pompeo there former head of the cia uh now much more powerful in his position got the president's ear and perhaps they're getting their way as we're seeing with his foreign policy seemingly uh, going against his anti-interventional policies of the past, his sort of Steve Bannon political instincts of the past, and now going with a much more hawkish policy when it comes to uh, firing well over 100 missiles uh, into Syria. Of course, when it comes to that, and we'll go back to the Cohen thing here in a second, when it comes to that, they warned Assad, they warned Putin, they had multiple days to get all chemical weapons out of those places. It seems like it was limited collateral damage, but it's 
again, more theater than actual war. Yes, Assad showed up on uh, state TV, pleased as punch. Right. I mean, first of all, we we never entered Russian airspace. Uh, nope. We did not hit any uh. Russian targets or even come close to hitting any Russian targets in any way whatsoever. Uh, it was uh, useless. Uh, in fact, one even questions, what was the point of this? Well, I'll tell you one thing. It, it was one of the rare times where the left and the right praised Donald Trump. Yeah. And I think that that's sad. Yeah. Uh, but going back, we'll, we'll get in there uh, into that a little bit further, specifically when it comes to these sanctions, non-sanctions. Mm. It's quite fascinating. Who knows what the heck is going on uh, with Donald Trump and the Russians. We'll also talk a little bit about this George Stephanopoulos interview with James Comey. Mm. I tweeted a funny tweet. Oh. I said, Stephanopoulos didn't ask the hard questions like, did you play basketball? <laughs> or how is the weather up there? Because uh, those are questions that us tall people get and makes us really sad to wake up every day. Okay, so going back uh, to this uh, to this event that happened on Monday, uh, Monday, obviously Stormy Daniels showed up. I mean, it was a it was a three ring circus. It was total madness. The biggest thing that came out of it, again, uh, Trump's team did not win. They will not be getting first look on the documents that were recovered. Uh, an independent lawyer will be looking over that. Who knows where all of that stuff goes? Again, we'll just keep you updated uh, as soon as we get information. But the Sean Hannity reveal really was fascinating because we have this guy on national television. I understand. No one, I think the art, like when the WWF changed to the WWE, mm-hmm. it was officially like we're acknowledging it's entertainment. Yes. And I think this is a moment where Fox News, specifically in their editorials, because I think Shepard Smith is one of the best uh, reporters out there. I, I love, love Shep. Shep. I love Brett Baer. I like Neil Cavuto. But when it comes to their editorial. Oh, of course you like Neil Cavuto. He's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> he sent me a handwritten note, and I go on his show, and he we talk about food because uh-huh. he's he's big, <laughs> you know. He is a bigger guy, but he has just been so nice to me. Uh, and you know, he is not a uh, Trump supporting Republican. No, he just not. like he likes the stocks, mm-hmm. and he's very rich. So naturally, uh, he might be going in that direction when it comes to some policies. But um, and I and I disagree with him. He called me a communist. Wow, isn't that funny? You get called a communist more than I ever thought would be possible for someone to call you a communist. I don't get called a communist by communists. I get called like a Republican shill or something. I don't even know why. Well, that, you know, Ben, that's how you know you're doing it right. That's how you know. That's how. You, that's what my grandmother always said. That's how you know. If everyone hates you, you're doing it right. Take it from me. I've been doing it right my whole life. My my children don't talk to me. My ex-husband. No, actually, my, my uh, grandfather. My grandmother was, she was intense. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather did forgive her on his deathbed uh, because she was she was not messing around. Was she the one whose pants always fell down? Her pants fell down. <laughs> yes, that was the one. Her pants fell down. She would, uh, I was at a middle school basketball game and I couldn't make the shot for the life of me. I had like, I, my stat sheet was always like 30 rebounds and four points. Yeah. Because I was still towering over everyone. I just couldn't score the damn ball. My grandmother would stand up. For some reason, her pants would fall down. This happened here in, in uh, at a restaurant in New York City when we were sitting. I, 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 no one understands how her pants kept them falling down, and she had no shame. So she stands up, her pants fall down, and she screams, "Just give it to him! Give him the points!" And uh, that got a laugh from people. Uh, it kind of demoralized me a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But nonetheless, yes, uh, just she, adds to the tapestry that is Benjamin Kissel. That's right. She was an intense, uh, intense gal. Um, so when it comes to to Sean Hannity and uh, and Fox News, uh, the idea of independent journalism, all that stuff, it's it's completely out the window. And yeah. a fascinating thing here is 
we have Sean Hannity sharing the same lawyer as Donald Trump, and we know for a fact that Trump gets his talking points from Sean Hannity, and I think vice versa as well. Yeah, which is it's a feedback loop. It's a feedback loop, and now of course that just sort of shines more of a light on how. I don't want to say insidious, but how just kind of ingrained it is. You know, they share a lawyer. He's the number one show that Donald Trump watches. And, you know, I know they have a correspondence going back uh, for quite a while. But I really do. Uh, I, I really don't think that this is going to dissuade Hannity viewers from trusting his quote unquote journalistic integrity. Nope. Like, I think I think I they like actually those. like it more. Like, Maybe. it's it's like, <clears throat> oh, he's friends with the president. Exactly. He, talk, he talks to the guy that. I love. Right. He talks to the leader. So this guy, of course, I should listen to him because if he talks to the guy that says I shouldn't listen to the me- the media, this guy talks to the president. Right. So I can listen to Sean Hannity. It actually amplifies Hannity. Like the closer Hannity right. is shown to be to the president, the more power Hannity actually has. Absolutely. And of course, this is where in the 90s, the conservatives would bash CNN, calling it the Clinton News Network. And now we have the exact same situation happening, even more so uh, when it comes to the editorial performers on Fox News and Donald Trump. So it's definitely a conflict of interest when you have Sean Hannity saying it's an attack on the president. Well, meanwhile, he knows it's actually an attack on his own lawyer. And I'm sure whatever the cases that this uh, Michael Cohen was working on, in defense or in support of uh, of Sean Hannity, I'm sure Sean Hannity doesn't want those things revealed. And of course, who knows what the FBI was able to uncover uh, in that raid? It seemed very extensive. They were there for hours and going after the hotel, uh, the apartment, and the office. I mean, they really left no uh, stone unturned. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hannity says that the extent of his uh, involvement with uh, Cohen uh, was that he gave him $10 for some legal advice. Do you think that that's the truth? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Who, what is that? It was like, say, he stole did he, pay, did he go buy a 10 cent Snickers bar, he- give him 10 bucks and say, hey, how you doing there, shoe shine? Yeah. Here's a quarter, kid. Yeah. Someone pointed out, I think it was like Decider or somebody pointed it out. It's like, that's what happened in Breaking Bad. Like that's, so that's exactly what it was. Where you know Saul Goodman was like, "Give me a dollar." Now I'm now you're my client. Now I have client attorney privilege. It's and just, that's what Sean Hannity is claiming happened with uh, with Michael Cohen. Unbelievable. So that's what's happening there. We'll see what happens uh, as we get more information. I'm I'm assuming at some point it'll have to be uh, revealed, and uh, we'll just continue to follow that. Let's move on. Uh, here too. I think that's basically it with Hannity, right? And of course, all the Stormy Daniels stuff. But we can talk about that in the context of the James Comey interview with George Stephanopoulos, yeah. who always, to me, I picture as an animated elephant <laughs> uh, because there's some Stephanopoulos, and it's, it's the long, it's like it's it's a Trumpolis. trunk. Yeah, it's a trunky <laughs> name, you know. Um, so let's get to uh, let's see where do we want to go here? Do we want to do the? Uh, do you want to talk about the sanctions? Let's talk about the san- Let's go from sanctions into Comey. Okay, that sounds sanctions great. Sanctions and airstrikes. And uh, so we had the airstrikes, obviously angering a lot of people that supported Donald Trump previously and still do, such as Alex Jones and this really anti-interventionalist America First uh, group of people think the deep state has gotten to Donald Trump. Of course, again, as we said before, I think it's theater. It's a symbolic strike. I understand that these are very real missiles. They're very real explosions, and it's very real destruction. However, it doesn't seem as if we're going to have boots on the ground or anything like that anytime soon. 
people believe the globalists have mm-hmm. gotten to Donald Trump. Of course, French President Macron, uh, who Donald Trump loved the idea of a Bastille Day Parade, which is why we're going to have a military day parade right here in America. When is that happening again? I don't know. (laughs) Whenever. Whenever they get all the troops home from Syria, we'll have them marching down the streets. DC is only a short train ride away, my friend. Oh, we'll go. We have to go. Um, So, of course, Macron was talking on uh, national media uh, earlier this week about how he encouraged Donald Trump to get involved in Syria, how he encouraged Donald Trump to stay in Syria. Theresa May, of course, the exact same uh, sentiment being expressed to Donald Trump. It's very bizarre because if you look at Syria, it's the Iranians, it's the Chinese uh, and the Russians who are the major players over there. They have all the say in the world. They're the ones who are going to orchestrate any kind of uh, resolution. And of course, Assad as well, working with uh, working with um, the Russians uh, quite intensely, and that goes into the sanctions that we'll talk about here in a second. When it comes to the U- to the U.S., we've uh, had such a limited footprint in that region for so long now. Leon Panetta, uh, of course, who was under Obama in 2012, suggested Obama kind of go all in and let's solve this thing. And Obama, of course, refused to do that pulled back troops we had another kind of phony celebration of like we're not at war anymore but Mm. we are (laughs) and uh, will be for the foreseeable future but when it comes to diplomatic clout the U.S. also doesn't have anything there Mm -hmm. so it's the Russians uh, again Assad Syria and of course the Chinese who are kind of back channeling a lot of cash there specifically for the Russians that are in total control and have really most of they're going to have a larger say in the overall outcome uh, so we had the situation where chemical weapons were used. There is some controversy over this, although I spoke with CIA um, officer Mike Baker, and I was just like, do you believe that this was set up by the CIA? Do you believe uh, that this was something that was put in place by deep state folks who want to make sure that we're there forever? He said no. Uh, he believes that te- chemical weapons were used because they work. And Assad knows they work, and Assad knows the retaliation from the United States is going to be limited because we have previous, uh, because of the past actions of Obama and now Donald Trump, very limited. I mean, even the 59 Tomahawk missiles we sent out there last year, it hit an airstrip. The next day, planes were flying off of it. Not very good. Yeah. Uh, so I think Assad understands, given the past, uh, whether it'll be Obama saying there's going to be a red line, and of course Assad crosses it, Obama does nothing. Now we have Donald Trump saying we're going to strike back with uh, military force, a lot of smart missiles, beautiful smart missiles, whatever the heck that means. Uh, and he does so, but just barely. He dips the toe in. He gets right back out. Assad knows that we have no national uh, interest in going over there. Or if we do have a national interest, he knows there's no national will to go have boots on the ground again in Syria. So this is not going to deter him from doing anything whatsoever. And even further than that, when it comes to these sanctions with Nikki Haley, who I, Nikki Haley is She's doing a good job as UN ambassador. Mm-hmm. She was a fairly she was a good governor of South Carolina. She took down the Confederate flag. Uh, she was much more reasonable uh, than what, where the Republican Party has gone now. Mm-hmm. Nikki Haley's voice 
uh, has been muted because she was, of course, she went with Marco Rubio during the election. Uh, there's a great uh, thing on National Geographic has been doing some really good documentaries. Katie Couric actually happens to be part of this one. And they went through the Charlottesville events in the context of the statues and a really uh, in, in, um, informative stuff talking about how the Robert E. Lee statue went up 60 years after the Civil War and how yeah. it was really more tied uh, to the civil rights movement or pre-civil rights movement. But in the sort of it was really put up as a reminder of oh, the past yeah, and a reminder the, of the institution of slavery specifically. A very large amount of uh, Civil War statues, like Confederate statues, right. are uh, a reminder were to put uh, black people in their place. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so Nikki Haley taking the Confederate flag down in South Carolina, very controversial. And you know my stance on that. I don't believe in destroying art, but I think we should put it in a museum and give it context. Yes. Uh, and then we can learn from the past as opposed to celebrate it and repeat it. Yes. Um, so I, I do like Nikki Haley. She presented a uh, these sanctions yesterday, Monday, to the U.N. Basically, what they were going to do is sanctions. Uh, there would be sanctions on Russian companies that made materials used in uh, Assad's chemical weapons attack. And for some reason, today, Donald Trump has taken those sanctions off the map, off, of, uh, off the books. And uh, it's just baffling the amount of affection Donald Trump has for Vladimir Putin. He loves strongmen. Duterte mm-hmm. in uh, in the Philippines, obviously Xi Jinping. Uh, the only thing he likes for of Macron is the strongman move of having a military day parade. He wants to be them. I think he's envious of the oligarchs and the way that the Russian system is. Evidently, according to that James Comey interview, Trump doesn't even criticize Putin in private. It's so bizarre. And you wonder if this whole thing really is about this stupid P tape that everyone, if that's it, man, I'm just release it. I don't care. I would rather have a president that is like, here is the P tape. Yeah. Okay. Some people, I bet you a lot of his audience will love it. <laughs> I don't care about all this sex stuff. We're, yeah. Like George Stephanopoulos talking about Stormy Daniels, all these people pretending like they haven't been to orgies at Jeffrey Epstein's house. I mean, please. They're trying to be so Puritan. It's like, forget about it. If that really is the thing that Putin has over Donald Trump, it's not worth it. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, who cares? No one's going to, I mean, it's, and he, Hulk Hogan had a sex tape. It's so, I mean, everyone will just be like, unfortunately, we had to see that. Well, it's not even women peeing on Donald Trump. That's, yeah. that's the big misconception about the tape is the tape isn't that it's, you know, Russians peeing on Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump instructing Russian women to pee on a bed that Obama once slept in. And for all intents and purposes, with all of the women who are coming out saying he groped me on planes, all this kind of stuff, at least it's consensual. <laughs> I mean, the Stormy Daniels stuff, it's consensual. Yeah. Donald Trump should be out there being like, look, consent. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I did it. I did it. Consensually. <laughs> you know, I've always said I love consent. I've yeah. always gotten consent. Ask Stormy. <laughs> <laughs> Today's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat is brought to you by Stitch Fix. I ain't got no style. That's why Stitch Fix is perfect for me. Stitch Fix has reinvented how we find and buy clothes. Just answer some basic questions about your sizes, favorite styles, and budget right from your laptop, smartphone, or tablet, and a personal stylist will spring into action and hand-select five brand-new clothing items just for you. Stitch Fix's styling fee is only 25 bucks, which is waived if you keep all five items. And since your personal stylist uses only your preferences to pick your clothes, you're still in complete control. Once your items arrive, try 
time on and only pay for what you keep. Don't like something? Need another size? Just send the items back. No questions asked. And shipping is always free both ways. Get your fix whenever you want or sign up to receive scheduled shipments. The choice is yours. I love Stitch Fix, and I know you will too. Hurry to stitchfix.com slash top hat to get started now. Keep all five items in your box and you'll get 25% off your entire purchase. That's stitchfix.com slash top hat. Stitchfix.com slash top hat. I mean... It is just ridiculous uh, what is going on. We just don't know. And, of course, kind of intertwining uh, this Comey interview, and we'll get to some of the more negative stuff because I, I think James Comey really he, I really he overstepped like his bounds. He oh, overstepped way, his bounds when he opening that Hillary investigation. But Oof. we can talk about that. Yeah. And, again, we're not going to relitigate 2016. No, we're not. That has been done. I think he's um, even overstepped his bounds recently, but. We'll, we, get, we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, and just because you don't like Trump doesn't mean you should like James Comey mm-hmm. and uh, vice versa, I suppose, as Very well. Very much but, so. Uh, when it comes to uh, Putin and Trump, it is just unfathomable to me. James Comey saying it's possible that the Russians have something on him. Of course, when he confronted Donald Trump with this dossier, he didn't mention that the DNC and the Hillary campaign helped finance it. Perhaps he should have let Donald Trump know that. Who knows? Uh, He didn't even mention the word dossier, he says. He just said it was some information uh, that came to light. If it really is as simplistic as this uh, supposed P-tape, as this uh, sex tape here, that's not a big deal. I think that should just, Donald Trump should have enough, uh, to put country over his own, I suppose, embarrassment, I guess and just say, hey, yeah, this exists. I, I'm, an, I'm a juvenile, <laughs> and I thought it would be funny if they peed on the bed that Barack Obama, that, it, it is just, it's so Cartman. Yeah. This is this is so it it all plays into it, you know. Yeah, and um, even then, it's like nowhere near as bad as shit that he's even done in office. No, no, absolutely not, and um, and certainly not, or it was said, you know, but or it's even deeper than that, and we do have, you know, the the Moscow building, the hotel that Donald Trump is trying to build. Is it possible that he is just waiting out his presidency and doesn't want to hurt the future of his company? Because I would assume Moscow is probably a pretty big get. You get a lot of rich folks going over there. Maybe it's a big money, a big money deal for without a doubt, to say the least. So it's possible that he's like waiting out being president and he can go back to being a businessman. Not a very good businessman, but going back to being a businessman and get this deal done in Russia. It's just as simple as his own personal uh, needs. He's very he takes uh, over country and uh, over everything. It's his own desire for uh, his own well-being. I mean, one of the other possibilities of uh, the resenting of the uh, sanctions is, you know, apparently like Russia put forth a a lot of bluster and uh, a lot of anger over the Syria airstrikes. It was obviously all theater. Uh, But do you think that it's possible that Trump presented these sanctions as a way to calm the waters? With oh, Russia? Oh, I don't think that Donald Trump has it in him to go to war. He doesn't want anything like that, of course. I yeah. mean, uh, I think that Trump, again, the small action that he has taken militarily, and I want to also point this out. You know, there's a lot of people on the left attacking him. If he would strike and if he wouldn't strike, I personally don't believe that we ever have more peace when there's more missiles in the air. And, you know, I, I, don't, I think it's totally counterintuitive. I also understand that uh, Assad should not be using chemical weapons. It's atrocious. It's inhumane. 
but I don't see how launching over 100 missiles into an area is going to help save the lives of the people that they are uh, telling us that they are trying to save or trying to help. And again, with them being forewarned, nothing was destroyed other than a couple of more buildings, and the whole place in Syria is rubble to begin with. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is, and it just shows you uh, who we are as a nation when it comes to foreign policy, where, again, Donald Trump getting praised by both sides for doing something that looks to be strong, that is uh, using the world's largest, most well-financed, and smartest military. Um, so people were happy with that. I mean, so yes, Donald Trump constantly kind of going back and forth when it comes to Vladimir Putin. I'll I'll send the bombs over, but we're not going to do the sanctions. Uh, we'll expel the diplomats, but I'll be angry about it, mm-hmm. and we're not going to implement the sanctions. I mean, this is the second time now that he has basically taken sanctions off the books, and he was livid when it comes to uh, exporting, deporting rather, the 60 diplomats who everybody knows are spies. Yeah. So... Uh, who knows? It, it might be just self-interest as far as this building. It might be preserving um, whatever relationship he has with Melania at this point. Yeah. Uh, but either way, it's personal. And yeah. he puts himself over country and actually says, any attack on me is an attack on the country. But that's not the truth, my friend. You are renting the White House, and you're supposed to be a steward of the people. I know that's a little bit uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It's it's Uh, the truth, man. But that is what the intent, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And obviously that's not the case. So I mean, it's also possible that uh, what Putin has over Donald Trump is uh, much more than sexual. It's something that could actually get him sent to prison. Uh, Who knows? It could be, you know, these rumored mob ties uh, that have been, you know, going around since before Donald Trump was even president. Okay people he donald trump was in real estate in atlantic city <laughs> in new york city don't even question mob ties but russia the answer spe- is yes specifically russian mob ties of course i mean you yeah, he's real definitely estate got is, italian mob ties yeah of course real estate's the filthiest business <laughs> i mean it is disgusting it's cutthroat it's brutal the deals that are made are absolutely uh stunning i mean they are it, it's a it's a it, it's it's Seedy. Manhattan is, real estate? Yes. And <laughs> Atlantic City real estate. Of course he has mob ties. All over the world he has mob ties. And that's exactly why James Comey said that he felt as if Donald Trump's leadership sky, style was like, uh, what was it, the Gambino uh, crime family? Yeah, Gambinos. Because, uh, of course, uh, Comey helped prosecute that case. And that's what he said. He said he felt like it was that style of... Um, needing to pledge allegiance, needing to be loyal. Loyal to the family. Loyal to the family. You know, he talks about when they met in the Blue Room in the White House and George uh, James Comey, six foot eight, by the way, uh, tried to hide. And as someone who is six, seven, it's a curse. Yeah. It is a curse. The only good thing about being tall is when it comes to toilet paper and when it comes to paper towels. Because for some reason, supermarkets ah. put them on the top. <laughs> and when it comes to that, I'm just cleaning house. Yeah. I will grab a bundle of toilet paper. Other people have sticks and they throw they they throw frozen peas at the at the uh <laughs> at the uh, toilet paper to try to knock some down so they can eat like they're trying to get uh apples from a tree. Um but that is basically it. You can't hide. No. And James Comey said he was wearing a blue suit and there was blue curtains and during the interview with Stephanopoulos he's like, "So I thought I can blend in." <sighs> and it's like 
everyone knows you're a person. <laughs> Everybody knows there's a six foot eight person desperately trying to not be seen, which ironically makes you look more. You like everyone's like, I think he's trying to hide. <laughs> is that is that monster trying to hide? He's almost as tall as a basketball hoop. We can we can see you, James. I am curtains. I don't know if you know that. And of course that photo op was much worse than Donald uh, than James Comey wanted because mm-hmm. he was on the opposite side of Donald Trump. Uh, he had to walk the entire blue room, and this is where Donald Trump sort of said he's uh, excited to work with him, although it looked like he was kissing him. But that was sort of one of the moments where jo- James Comey got that that uh, mob vibe. Yeah, and of course, again, that makes sense. New York City re- uh, real estate. Uh, Donald Trump has. Very few scruples when it comes to being surrounded by people who are uh, have uh, have high morals, you know. And so, uh, of course, he would be acting that way. Um, when it comes more down to, uh, do you want to move on to the James Comey interview here? So this interview happened. It w- did not do that well in the ratings, by the way. Yeah. Stormy did better. Stormy is crushing it. Oh yeah, she was on the View today. Was she on the View? <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Apparently did, very, there. apparently did very well. Very well. Very good. Mm-hmm. She has a new show opening up in uh, in Las Vegas as well. And she was. The she has s- a show opening in Vegas. Yeah. She no, dude. She is like but capitalizing. Doing, like, like doing what? Doing what she do. <laughs> what do you mean doing what? What is she? I mean, she's not Stripping? leading it. Yes, she's a performer. Huh. She is performing. I, what was it? The The Witches of Brestwick. <laughs> that was the movie that Stormy Daniels was a part of. That, I, I got to I gotta admit, I, I caved in and uh, perused I haven't done that some yet. Stormy Daniels uh, material. Yeah. Quite competent. There you go. <laughs> she's crushing it. She is absolutely... Uh, crushing life. So they talked a little bit about that um, when it comes to Donald Trump's character in the interview with Stephanopoulos. Again, George Stephanopoulos, just uh, so everyone knows, extremely close with the Clintons, always on the inside, worked with Bill Clinton in the 90s. Not necessarily the most unbiased journalism, but the interview was, it was, as Marcus said about Stormy Daniels' performance, it was a competent interview. Uh, When James Comey was asked if Trump was fit to be president, obviously physically, no, 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 Uh, not around the waist anyway, but he said he wasn't in the context of what we were just talking about when it comes to morality, ethics, ethics, when it comes to uh, does he have the ability to not lie? Does he have the ability to encompass the morals of our nation? He says he does not, and therefore he is unfit to be president. He sort of caveats that with he does not believe the man is mentally incompetent. He says his brain is above average intelligence, so that's exactly what we want. Uh, <laughs> just just a shade above average intelligence, and he's not mentally ill. No. You know, he he says that he is uh, in that regard competent to be president. He does not want him to be impeached because he said he wants the American people to basically you break it, you buy it type, yeah. type vibe, right? Of course, we have the flip side of this where the left is absolutely livid with Donald Trump and and also former FBI directors. No former FBI director has agreed with James Comey's decision to, unbeknownst to his boss, go and reopen the Hillary Clinton uh, email scandal because they found thousands of emails on Anthony Weiner's (sighs) computer. The, again, curse that keeps on cursing Anthony Weiner. What the hell is he doing right now? He's Isn't he waiting to go to prison? I think he's in prison. Is he already there? Oh, yeah. I'm fairly certain. He got Ooh. sentenced to two and a half years. I don't know if he's... I could see Anthony Weiner loving it. 
<laughs> That's one of the issues that I could see him like, you know, figuring out how to get all of the great hot cakes, figuring out like what's the best place to stand in the soup line so you get it when it's just the right temperature. I could see him trying to unionize the prisoners. Yeah. Um, just everyone forgets how big of a role Anthony dude. Weiner played in this investigation, in, in this election, you know, in this in this section of American history. That's Anthony crazy. Weiner was a major player. He was, and it all goes down to his obsession. Not even to have personal contact uh, with someone that wasn't his wife. It was just Twitter correspondence, and, and it's, it's such a strange fetish. And then, of course, it really escalated there, as uh, as happens, um, like all people uh, who just allow themselves to go off the deep end. It escalated with him being seen with his child texting or sexting with a 17-year-old, hence uh, hence the, uh, the lockup. Well, I think she was 14. 15 I, 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 it was underage it was it was absolutely yeah. it was absolutely underage but yeah i mean he let look, himself but he let himself go he, yeah and, and that's why he has he has a mental illness i mean obviously oh, obviously yeah. yeah but i mean and, but that's uh something that, that just keeps getting forgotten is that you know the reason why comey opened back up the email investigation right. was because they were investigating anthony weiner right. which led them to huma abedin's computer which is where they found more classified <sighs> emails yep like so, that's how this whole thing came about right so and and i think that that's important to put in context too in in i suppose in comey's defense to some degree had these had this situation not occurred Mm -hmm. had anthony weiner not done what he did been one of the um, biggest disappointments in political history i mean we all know back in the day he was a firebrand everyone's like you're gonna run for president look at him at that caribbean day parade oh he was (laughs) or is it east indies day parade yeah you gotta watch (laughs) if you haven't seen the documentary weiner check it out and one of the greatest political documentaries of the modern age honestly Huma Abedin has the same eyes as Superman. <laughs> it was laser when when Anthony got busted for thrice, thrice. for the third time. Because yes. he was going to be the next mayor of New York. Easily. He was ahead in the polls. Easily the next mayor of New York City. And if you know anything about New York City politics, we have a horrible bunch of politicians. Yeah. Anthony Weiner would have just crushed anyone um and then of course again he gets busted i believe it was sydney leathers uh in this situation speaking of sex scandals that we seemingly endless sex scandals the past five six years here right yeah and Um, and we're also not even talking about the gigantic sex scandal that's going on and where is it with the governor of missouri oh yes he he has now resigned right see that's what i'm talking about here that's that's how many sex scandals we have now and how much they fly under the radar yeah because three years ago had that story broke me and you would have been talking about that for weeks we yeah. would have been we would have been obsessed with every detail of it and now that's something that just sort of flies by night right well it's just sort of a, a cliff note on all the other madness that's going on right yeah um so anthony weiner obviously made multiple mistakes really helped derail the clinton campaign uh, Comey coming in and re- in, reopening the investigation, despite the fact that he had closed it previously. And when he closed it, James Comey does speak. He's he's uh, very dramatic in his verbiage. You know, he talks about when he was fired from by Donald Trump. He's he's found out on TV, by the way, mm-hmm. which is just another that's ultimate cowardice. If you're going to fire someone, you got to at least do it over the phone. Yeah, have some balls and some respect for the person. And uh, and then also maybe if they yell at you, whatever it might be, it's never fun to fire people. 
but you should go through that experience. He broke up with uh, James Comey, fired James Comey the same way that he broke up with Marla Maples through mm. the media. Yeah, he uses that as a massive buffer. Donald Trump uses the media when he wants to, and really uses it uh, even when he pretends to hate it. Yeah, he absolutely loves it, and uh, and the media they love him because he's big ratings. So he reopens the investigation. Uh, but anyway, going back to that, he says he got on the plane and he drank wine out of a paper cup. You know, it was just very dramatic. He's so dramatic. He is. He's he, and a terrible writer. Is he? Yeah. I haven't read the book yet. I I've read thumb the, through I, it. I've read excerpts and whoever, even whoever ghost wrote that for him is an awful. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's very badly written. Higher loyalty. <laughs> so he reopens like, it. I looked at the half moon orangeness of his eyes, and it, huh. it's very, it's very poorly written, and honestly, way pettier than it should be. Well, he can't say too much. Yeah, you know, there's so much classified information. When these kind of people, in such high office, write a book, it has to be fully vetted by all of the uh, intelligence agencies and stuff like that. So you really are left with like his hands were smaller than I thought they would be, and he was shorter <laughs> than I thought he would be. Did anyone notice he's orange? Uh, that really is. I, I don't think this is going to be breaking an, an immense amount of uh, news here. Right. So Comey gets a lot of flack for reopening that investigation, and it definitely did hurt the Hillary campaign. No denying that. Mm -hmm. But let's not forget, uh, September 11th, about a month earlier, she passes out uh, at the memorial for 9-11. Massively damaging. Uh, we have so many other things that are happening here uh, that were separated from the James Comey uh, announcement of reopening the investigation. But it does, my recollection of it was, wow, this is kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And it might have been enough to get yeah. folks who would have uh, supported Hillary Clinton to maybe vote for a Jill Stein. I don't think anyone who wanted to support Hillary voted for Gary Johnson. Gary took away from libertarians, take away from Republicans, and Green Party take away from Democrats usually. Yeah. So it might have really been something that was able to sway those Michigan, uh, Wisconsin states. I remember that day. I remember the day it came out. We were about to film the Do the Adult Swim stream, and and you came in. And you were like, did you see this shit? This is going to be the this is going to be the the end of it. And I remember yeah. looking at you and going, nah. No, everything is fine. <laughs> everything going, is everything's just fine. There's no way this is going to happen. But of course, at the same time that James Comey was saying he's reopening the investigation, uh, just to later close it again. Uh, but of course, that was quite muffled. Yeah. Um, and again, James Comey went out there unbeknownst to anyone. He didn't want because, uh, of course, Loretta Lynch, she, she had the tarmac meeting with Bill Clinton. So he had to separate her, himself uh, from her because that was uh, that never should have. Bill Clinton was just out there running roughshod all over this election as well. He did Hillary no favors. I don't know if he was subconsciously trying to um, trying to sabotage it, but he was. He, Bill Clinton was horrible. Yeah. Into it, it used to be back in the day, you bring out the big guns, but he, even in 08, he got very racial. Yeah. Very racial in his uh, in his stump speeches there. Uh, in support of Hillary when it came in in 07 when it came to Barack Obama he did a lot of dog whistling a lot of code switching mm -hmm. he was he was horrible back then could get away with it because social media wasn't what it is now 2016 everything the guy did was so toxic yeah. uh he didn't do her any favors whatsoever and they should have just put him go to Uruguay and hang out with my grandmother <laughs> just get out. like Hillary should have been like get out of here just get get him away <laughs> This episode of Top Ad is brought to you by The Black Tux. The Black Tux is an easy way for guys to rent suits and tuxedos online. 
I'm going to a wedding in Italy very soon. My boy Cena John is getting married, and if we know anything about the Italians, we know they love their fashion. So I am definitely going to the black tux, so I will look good at this wedding. Whether you're going for a stylist selected outfit or building a custom look, the black tux has tons of new suits and tuxedos to choose from for your big spring events. The black tux is always changing up their looks, making it fun to try out different suits and tuxedos. Even if if you have your own suit, switching it up with the black tux is always a great idea. And with the new fit algorithm, you don't have to awkwardly measure yourself or ask a friend for help. The black tux does it for you. I gotta say, I'm six foot seven, and if I ask a friend to measure me, I'll have to pay him $3,000. It is impossible to measure somebody of my size, but fortunately, the Black Tux does it. To get 20% off your purchase, visit theblacktux.com slash top hat. Theblacktux.com slash top hat for $20 off your purchase. The Black Tux premium rentals, suits, and tuxedos delivered. But so that was, uh, at the same time he was reopening the Hillary investigation, they had begun the Russian collusion investigation. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people say, uh, say, or a lot of people think, number one, as I said earlier, former FBI directors don't think that Comey should have made that public, should not have done that um, big press conference. People think that that's a, a, a testament of his ego and his own pride, his own bravado. Evidently, that was sort of his, uh, his Achilles heel. And you can imagine, you don't become head of the FBI director by being humble. Yeah. You know, that's just not the way this stuff works. He didn't mention this Russian investigation which I think, uh, if you're going to mention one, in all fairness, you should probably mention the other. Mm -hmm. Of course, he said it hadn't gone yet to Donald Trump. They were just investigating people who were around the campaign, really early stages, and they didn't have any evidence yet that there was anything there. Uh, so he didn't feel comfortable uh, opening or discussing that investigation publicly. He also pretends as if he's not a political figure, as if he tries to stay above the fray, but then he throws himself into these election, into this specific uh, election. He was in the deep end. He yeah. he jumped right in there. Molly Shannon from the movie Superstar, the splash heard <laughs> around the world. I mean, this guy pretending to be an apolitical figure, he, it's, it is uh, just totally opposite of what reality is. And I'm sorry, you know, even when it comes to like the the FBI, when it comes to like Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, and they talk about how uh, there's a lot of Democrats who work for the FBI. Um, they do, per like the left wants to pretend as if, or, or Comey wants to pretend as if the FBI is a nonpartisan institution. And then of course, uh, you know, the left believes that was a very partisan move by James Comey and the right believes that they're extremely liberal uh, in the FBI, despite the fact Rosenstein's a Republican, Mueller's a Republican. Um, I had a chance to talk to Jake Gibson uh, this past week who works on Capitol Hill and really kind of follows this stuff very closely. And he was saying they're Republican, but most people in the FBI are uh, Democrats. But you have to believe that these folks can do their job without being totally blinded by political bias. That's what makes this entire thing so confusing. If you listen to Comey, he says, I thought that Hillary was going to win. I thought that Trump was going to lose. And so in his mind, he thought that he was being fair and he thought he was covering his bases yeah. if they would come back and say there was implicit bias to help get Hillary Clinton elected by the FBI. He said that he didn't want to make her election illegitimate right. by not coming out with So it. that's political. 
That's so very that, that's political thinking. It's definition of political thinking. It is. And so it's <laughs> that that's what's so like head scratching when James Comey speaks, you know, he he talks out of both sides of his mouth uh when he talks again just to kind of cover the bases uh, which is political. That's how politicians speak. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's just no denying that when you're the head of the FBI, you are in a political position, regardless of how hard you try uh, to maintain independence, which is why, of course, he was so disturbed by Donald Trump. After Trump was elected, after he had to meet Donald Trump, that was just a couple of days later, really. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I mean, after the inauguration, um, he tried, uh, he told a story about how Donald Trump asked him over for dinner and it was just him and Donald Trump. Which that's also like that's how like a lot of sexual things happen too. Where it's like, come over to my place for dinner, I'm having a big party and it's just the guy. Yeah. It's like, okay. And James Comey is like, that made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And I understand. Yeah, I, um, I, for some reason I think about the the big room and Batman. Yeah. And Michael Keaton Batman with the two <laughs> You pass the salt. What's that? Pass the salt. Salt? Alfred, get her the salt. <laughs> Uh, so he talks about how that was where, you know, Trump wanted the allegiance vow. He wanted yeah. the loyalty vow and kinds of, kind of gives it to him when he says, uh, Mr. President, after Trump says, I want loyalty, he says, I'll give you honesty. And then Trump says, honest loyalty. And he says, I'll give you honest loyalty. So they found a middle ground in this <laughs> ridiculously stupid conversation. That's not, that's not a middle ground. They just put the two words together. I, that's, I, is that the definition of compromise? I don't know. Maybe it is. I'll give you a... I want a hot dog. I'll give you a hamburger. Can I get a ham dog? <laughs> you can have a ham dog. Yes. <laughs> now we have to invent a new food. <laughs> no, it's just a ha- hot dog and a hamburger bun. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds good. Actually, a burger and a hot dog bun works. That works fairly well. Uh, so, yeah. So we, we, we're learning a lot of what J- James Comey was thinking, but um, I don't think it's going to... It's not going to lower the temperature when it comes to the left being angry with him, and it's certainly not going to lower the temperature when it comes to the right being angry with him. He's kind of kind of stuck in no man's land. And from a human perspective, I do feel bad. You know, he talked about how he was basically sick to his stomach after he reopened the investigation. No one talked to him. Everyone hated him. And again, as someone who is tall, it sucks when everyone hates you because they know exactly where to throw the spitballs. It's like, and you, it's difficult to miss. You Have know? you watched the Andre the Giant documentary yet? Oh, it's amazing. It's so good. But that was his problem when he became a heel. Yeah, he didn't like that yeah, so much. Yeah. Andre, he should have had that surgery to stop growing. Yes, he should have. That was unfortunate. Yeah. Because uh, I think he could have lived a lot longer. It's but, a beautiful documentary, though, and I, I, we'll, we'll be talking about it on the stream tonight. Absolutely. Oh, yes. I love Andre. He was such a good guy. I think mm-hmm. it was 72 beers. That's what. No, it was over 100. I well, forget. I, well, it was over 100, but on the other hand, that's also Ric Flair saying that, and I don't believe anything Ric Flair says. That's not. I think Ric Flair counts beers. <laughs> he knows how to do that. He knows how to do that. By the way, Charlotte Flair, great match at WrestleMania against Asuka. Mm. Her figure eight's incredible. And Ric Flair was also very drunk when he gave that interview. He's always just Ric Flair. <laughs> when you're always drunk, you're never drunk. That's kind of the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, go back. If you haven't watched the Stephanopoulos interview, it's worth it's worth checking out. It's kind of interesting to hear uh, the, the words coming out of Comey's mouth. Uh, his wife was a huge Hillary supporter. I think he has... He, I think he's conflicted with his own actions, and again, very controversial. Reopening that investigation, well, the Russian investigation was beginning. I mean, you know, just don't. If you don't want to be political, don't get involved in politics, and don't reopen an investigation. 
uh, what, just a couple of weeks out before this massive uh, election. Mm. And of course, you know, we learned a lot. We learned a lot about polling. Uh, and we learned a lot about, um, you know, what polls we can trust and what polls we can't trust, which mm-hmm. is why I don't know what the heck is going to happen in 2020. You look at some of the, you, you know, like a Rasmussen poll who has Trump at 50 percent, but they always skew high for Donald Trump. Uh, every other poll has him low. But then again, as we talked about on uh, was it last week or the week before, the Democrats need to find a message and they need to find a message quick. It can't just be anti-Trump because um Really, when push comes to shove, no one likes anyone in politics. And if it's a if it's a competition of who can be, you know, 2016 was just a perfect place for Donald Trump. It was a perfect time because there were every there were scumbags all around. Yeah. And in that world, Donald Trump shines because he has no morality and he has no. Um, what do you call that when someone makes fun of you but you don't even care? Uh, shame. He has no shame. <laughs> He has no shame at all, you know. Yeah. Other than this, other than this dossier tape, evidently he said if there's even one one ch- percent chance that Melania believes it, I don't like it. But you know, I mean, I'm sure Melania. I don't even. I feel bad for her. I feel so bad for her. But anyway, I mean, she's just being humiliated over and over again on, on the worldwide on a worldwide stage. And she just wanted to be a model who married a billionaire. Mm-hmm, who married a person that she knew was terrible. Maybe Barron seems cute. Barron seems cute, but Donald Trump's always been awful. Yes. So she knew what she was getting into. Yeah. Well, he was. He I'm was, not he saying he was a little bit better in the '80s. Yeah. A little bit better in the like, '90s. So he got, yeah, he around got real crazy around Obama. I just there's now, something with Obama that was different now, than other presidents. You don't remember the full page ad that he took out oh, calling the, for the execution yeah, of yeah, the Central Park Five? That was horrible. That's yeah. True. He's always been bad. That's a good. That's a good point there. Marcus Parks coming in hot. <laughs> So get a, if you get a chance, go check out that interview. I mean, again, kind of rehashing 2016, but it's good to good to hear from the major players that uh, who would have thought James Comey and Anthony Weiner would be two of the more deciding factors in a national uh, election with global ramifications yeah, for uh, decades, if not centuries, to come. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also, just lastly, uh, Scott Pruitt. He uh, he's the EPA chief, of course. He hates the EPA, and he's in charge of it, which yep. is kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> he wanted a forty-three thousand dollar quote cone of silence. Uh, it's a soundproof phone booth. He ordered installed in his office. I don't know why. This is the str- why you have a cone of silence in your office. He's so- and maybe he's starting a podcast. <laughs> So it's just so nobody else can hear his phone calls. I guess. Those ever important, highly classified <laughs> EPA phone calls. You know, I guess so. But I mean, the, ha- don't get me wrong, the EPA is wildly important, but I don't know if it's highly classified. They've had a couple of uh, blunders back in the day, poisoning some waters and things like that. Not count very counter uh intuitive for the epa scott uh, pruitt uh he, yeah there's a law that says you can only spend five thousand bucks to furnish redecorate or make improvements to your office and he wanted to spend forty three thousand dollars that scandal it's really not the biggest scandal on earth it's just well not in, it might have been a bigger scandal back in the day mm-hmm. but in the context of everything we're talking about with this white house uh, it's almost a lovable scandal the yeah. man just wanted a cone of silence mm-hmm. for uh, almost 50 grand and ben carson's $31,000 dining room set just that's just cut back. that was put man. in the background so fast you know i didn't i met ben carson nice quiet quiet I, yeah he looks quiet yeah he is no that's not <laughs> that's not fake he is he's I don't. Even, he's he's less awake. Uh-huh. Like when you see him on TV, uh-huh. 
He's on. <laughs> I, I don't even know how else to describe that's a, it. That's that's the charm flowing. That's that's like time to shine. When you meet him in real life, it's it's like even you you can't imagine that yeah. he could get less. Yeah, but then he does. <laughs> Um, if you get a chance to, uh, there's some, it might be on YouTube. There was a 60 minutes, I think about Ben Carson, amazing brain surgeon, by the way, Yeah. um, should not be in charge of housing and urban development. Mm-mm. Uh, no idea why that happened. Oh, he's black. Yeah. So then oh, oh, so Trump made him that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but his home is a shrine to him and it's pretty cool. Wow. He's got a Jesus, but it's him. What? It's a Ben Carson Jesus. No. And if he ever passes on. Um, I want it. <laughs> I want it so bad. It's really, it's like literally he's got the whole thing going on. It's pretty awesome. If I were to get like a, a famous figure, but it's me, I'd get a Stalin, but with my face on it. That's controversial. <laughs> that or, is... or a Lenin. I don't know. I'm really into the Russians these days. So maybe I'll just do, I'll just do a Romanov, a Nicholas Romanov. But with Marcos, I know it, buddy. You're gonna you're gonna change your whole tune here <laughs> when it comes to Vladimir Putin. You were like, we should maybe maybe get the Russian. Let's get the Soviet Union back together, boys. <laughs> I've got some interesting things to say about the Soviet Union and the Romanovs and Rasputin on part four of Rasputin. I can't wait. Part four, last podcast on the left. You know it. You love it. Um, Keep on checking out all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. That's basically the news of the week. I mean, again, a lot of stuff to get to. We'll keep on uh, following up on the SESTA stuff, by the way. I was able to interview as well um, Nadia White uh, for the Fox News radio show. I mean, just some fascinating stuff happening uh, when it comes to all of that. So a lot of unintended consequences there. And we'll see if that actually does hurt uh, you know Kamala Harris specifically. I think Blumenthal will probably skate on it, but because um, you know she's really touting it as a big win for her, and I understand why she thinks that. But then, of course, the unintended consequences pushing uh, sex workers further underground and making their lives more dangerous could really uh, could really hurt uh, many many people in the long run. Also, California might break up, <laughs> which could be cool. South Cal, it would be California, North Carolina, North. California, North California, and South California. I like it. I like it too. Yeah, it's too big. It's a. It is a very reasonable plan that they're putting. Totally, forward. man. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different politics around there, and no one's vote matters. Mm-mm. That's the problem because it's so big. Uh, you know, you got people out in the rural areas who don't even feel like they their voice is being heard, and and uh, you know, and anyway, the, the California also, by the way, is implementing a new program. They're going to give seventy five thousand dollars to people who will build homes. They will then build the homes in their backyard for people who are homeless Hmm. Um, which sounds like do you want a homeless person in your backyard however I spoke with someone who was a proponent of it and he shed some light you know I think about like uh, you know, like Christopher Lloyd's character when he's just slamming the beans down. What movie is that? That's Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace. <laughs> That's what I thought about. I was like, homeless people. Like, it seems like it might be dangerous. Yeah, Maybe farting I'll- all the time. Farting all the time. <laughs> all the time. Um, but he was like, you know, it's really not about that. It's about people who might have just gone through a breakup, find themselves in hard times, yeah. and might need to be uh, just get a little assistance. So uh, in that that kind of shed a light where you do remember that there are a lot of people living paycheck to paycheck. They lose a job. They get into a car accident. God knows what happens. And next thing you know, are out on the street like the nanny. Um, remember that? The I, nanny. Yes. She's out on the street. Uh, yes, okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I mean. It and, just, and so it could help out some people. Just remember, you know, like um, the, the face of uh, homelessness does not uh, necessarily look like 
uh, Christopher Lloyd and Dennis the Menace. No. You know, a lot of times, I mean, there mm. there are people working uh, full time jobs, retail jobs, fast food jobs uh, yeah. that go to sleep under a bridge at night. Uh, and yeah. the, like that, that is the face of homelessness in, in America today. Like it, the, the face is there is no face. You, yeah. you just don't know. No, I had an Uber driver who was wearing uh, her nurse scrubs. Yeah. She was a nurse and an Uber driver. I mean, so absolutely more and more people working multiple jobs. And that's for multiple reasons, you know, whether it be an unintended consequence of healthcare, where companies said, well, hey, if I if I can't hire X amount of people, I'm going to cut everyone's time. I'm going to cut everyone's. Um, workload, so they have to go, go get another job. That was an unintended consequence of having over 50 people uh, being employed. Then you have to uh, start giving them health care. They said, okay, I'll employ 49 part-time. And then they had to go, or, you know, 100 part-time. Mm-hmm. And then they had to go get second jobs. There's a lot of reasons for this. Both the left and the right have really screwed over uh, working-class people. Donald Trump was able to sort of capitalize on that anger, capitalize on that rage, and unfortunately um, all of that all of that energy went to a person who was just quite soulless. Yeah, um, makes Richard Nixon look like look look good. <laughs> Hell of an analogy, Ben Kissel. Come here for the analogies. Makes Richard Nixon look like good. It's like a good. <laughs> um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Hail yourselves, and uh, you can find us on social media. Marcus for everything. Uh, ben Kissel one on Instagram. Ben Kissel. Uh, on Twitter and I guess that's basically it we'll be back here next week and talk to you talk to y'all soon okay bye bye can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right in the new podcast you might be right former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan Al Gore and Judy Woodruff come for the stories Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.